0: Hello, church. Happy Sabbath. How happy am I to I am to see you once again. Uh, Thanks to you and to every one of you who are joining us this morning. It's been a blessing to know that we still can connect to each other. We still can see uh, God's miracles working among our community. I am happy to be with you this morning. And today we have a special message for our youth. Uh, This is a very special weekend. A lot of our Uh, community members are getting uh, are into graduation weekend not only in town but everywhere around our community in Canada and abroad so there are a number of decisions that we need to take and in every decision that we're taking we definitely need to know that the Lord is guiding us that God is guiding the path of each one of us I know you who are listening to me today to me you also have many questions There might be some doubts for you about your future. What you are going to study? What are you going to do? So, before we continue on this conversation and and, and this study, I want you to bow bow your your head with me, and let's pray to, to the Lord that He may talk to us. Remember, as I keep saying every single Sabbath, before we come to the Lord, we need to humble ourselves, put our own understanding aside, and ask God for His guidance. Ask ask God for His way and His vision to lead us according to His will. So today, I want you to once again, tell the Lord these words, Lord, allow me to see Jesus. Let me hear your voice today. Let me follow what you have to say to me. So come with me, let's pray. Let's have a moment of prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for letting us be together today. What an amazing Sabbath we have ahead of us. Thank you for being with us. You have been faithful to us every single day of this week. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for giving us the chance to connect to each other. Today, as we open your word again, we ask you to please let us see Jesus before us. We want to have an encounter with you We want to know that you're near with us. We want to understand your plans and we want to have your vision. Please, Lord, as there are so many today and this weekend, they're moving forward, steps forward into their higher education. We want you, Lord, to please bless each one of them. Allow them to see your plans in their lives as well. And as we open our Bibles today, Please send your Holy Spirit so he may talk to us clearly in what path we should go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have greetings from you from our church in Quesnel. It's been amazing to see each one of the members. And we know that soon we will be able to see you here as well. We're really hoping that next Sabbath will be our opening Sabbath. This week, you have been getting calls from different members of our church asking to whether you're going to attend to the first service or second service. This week, we will be outlining the whole plan of how you're going to, you're going to come into church. We're planning to make a short video so you can see the visual part of it. How are you going to, uh, we're going to distribute everyone in our sanctuary and the ways we, we want to, to come together in a safely manner. We're praying for this, and we ask you also to pray for it. I know there must be, there, there is uh, the one constant thought in our heads is to be cautious. And we want to be cautious, and we want you to have a great worship experience when you come to see the Lord's house in this place. So therefore, we ask the whole community to keep us in your prayers, keep this special team who's working uh, basically day and night, Right now, they are also working on, and, and the, I'm sorry, the past days they've been working trying to get everything ready so we can have our church in time, in place by the time we open. So keep in tune, keep in touch. We will be together again soon. This weekend, it's a very special weekend. Our Adventist Academy is holding, they're holding their graduation tonight and there are a number of individuals who are moving forward with their education. Not just in town, but in many towns around our our communities. Uh, We have seen people getting getting their documents and their degrees and and it's been different, right? It's not the same as as usual. Um, Usually when we have a graduation weekend, everybody comes together, the whole family celebrates because we understand that education is not just uh, the effort of, of, of one individual, but it's the effort of the whole community the family, the church, and uh, and the school as well. It's a combination of those three entities working together to place an individual at the highest level of standards. And we understand that these times are difficult. We understand that they are not the same as they used to. But in the middle of all this, we can see how God is guiding us, how God is leading us and helping us come together in this aspect. So if you know somebody uh, having their graduation this weekend, please take the time to, to, to say hi to them and to encourage them to keep on going, to keep on growing. There are many, many new challenges that they're gonna start facing and we want them to, to know that God is with them. We, I want you to know that God is with you today. And I wanna give you some of the tools that you will require as you endeavor in this new vision, in this new part of life And for those of you who had already finished and completed your education, I want you to be reminded today of all those qualities, all those tools that God put in your backpack as soon as you started this endeavor, as soon as you started this path. It is also important for us to remember where we come from and where we are and where are we heading. So in order for us to do it the right way, it is always good to remember what the Lord has taught us. Today is a good day to do that imagine uh, you are called by someone that you love not the very best name that you could think of let me let me rephrase this um, i don't know if you remember as you were growing up being called by some name nowadays we call this uh being bully, but in those days, or in back in the day, we wouldn't call it being bullied. We would call it nicknames, or persons, uh, acronyms, or different names, different ways to name somebody. Uh, I can think of a number of names they used to tell me, and sometimes they wouldn't refer to me as as as, as a positive. It wouldn't sound as a positive thing. Um, in the Bible, we have some studies, some stories of of individuals who had to struggle with some of the character characteristics that people place on them, and they weren't that great. They weren't the best. You see, every single day, we're making decisions. I have told you this before, and I will remind you of this today again. Every single day, we make a number of decisions that will tell us where are we gonna head that during the next days, whether we're gonna do better or not. Every decision counts. Every decision matters. There, the statistic says that usually an individual, an average person, is making about 1300 decisions per day. How many did I say? 1300 decisions per day. That means that since you got up, get up in the morning. The moment you start thinking, should I get up, should I not, should I wear this type of shoes, should I wear these others, uh, should I put this color on or not, can I use a pants or, or, or a skirt or a t-shirt or a jacket, what am I going to use today? Every one of those decisions add up to 1300 per day. But you see, only one decision can put you ahead of the game or can really throw you back. Only one decision can help you succeed or really put you into a failing position. It is crucial for us to know that decisions that we take every day definitely help us to get ahead, to move forward, to keep on going. It only requires one decision for us to completely waste the next years of our life. There are a number of questions that every individual asks himself during, during this, its own life. But one of them has to do with the purpose of life. What is my purpose? As many of you today are finishing your uh, level of education, some of these questions arise. What is my purpose? Maybe you are not graduating this weekend. Maybe you're a parent. Maybe you're a mother who has been at home during these past three months and who has been dealing with different conditions at home or at work or at your business. And it doesn't matter whether you're 15, 20, 50, or 60 years old. That question keeps on coming back every now and then. What is my purpose in life? There is a story in the Bible that gives us some tools for us to understand the reason why we should know our purpose and also the ways we can go in life with god's blessing helping us to take the right decisions as we move forward i want you today to turn into a very small story it only takes two Two, two paragraphs. It only takes two verses. Very, basically, the, the story shouldn't even be there. It's only two verses, but it has such a deep meaning. Books have been written about this story. I'm pretty sure you know about this individual. It's very famous. And today, I want us to look it into a different perspective. Maybe give, your, give yourself a chance to understand a little bit more about this individual. The, the story that I'm talking about, it is written in the book of First of Chronicles. First book of Chronicles, chapter 4. First book of Chronicles, chapter 4, verse 9. Now the story starts saying, now Javis was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called him Javis, saying, Because I bore him in pain what a nice name he had it seems that when this individual was born he caused pain and as he caused pain his mother related that crucial moment that traumatizing moment with with this specific individual and she said your name will be the one that causes pain as you are born now this is interesting right I know there are different numbers of ways of of giving someone's birth, of of giving birth. There are different methods out there. And and there are individuals who are professionals in that area. But until this day, I know that every time someone gives gives birth, there is a number of, of, of situations happening in the body that they cause pain. Maybe you're a mother. Could you think of your own uh, pregnancy? Was it painful at some point? If we're talking about this physically, did it hurt? It must have done. It it must have hurt. Why? Because this is a process that that, that, that takes place in someone's body and it definitely causes pain. The Bible doesn't tell us if, if this pain that she's talking about is just merely physical or it's also mental and emotional we don't know the relationship that this mother had we don't know the pregnancy prior to the birth we don't know if during the pregnancy months she went through some traumas or or something that causes caused her to 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 relate uh, to to connect the pregnancy the birth with the individual thinking that if I have this baby this baby is gonna cause me pain so I'm gonna call him the one that causes pain when he's born The truth that we know from what the Bible says is that this is the name that he was given to. And I'm not sure if you can think of calling your son or your daughter the one that causes pain when she was born, when he was born. What a name would that be? Wouldn't it be that awful to say? Wouldn't that be awful to, to call someone like that? Imagine you're a first. You're you're in the first day of classes. The teacher is taking attendance, and all of a sudden she is John, uh, Peter, uh, Richard, uh, James, and then she goes, "The one that causes pain. Are you here?" And there's that little boy raising his hand. I am the one that causes pain. It is interesting how the Bible opens up to this subject. There are a number of books written on the prayer of Javis. And today, I want us to look into the depth of this prayer and why he prayed in such a way. And why is this useful to us today? The truth is that this individual was marked by birth not by any stranger, but by his own mother, you cause pain. So therefore, your name will be the one that causes pain. We often get bullied, and maybe you could remember about your own childhood or or early years or, or moments in the past or even today. I'm not sure the condition that you are on today. But it is not easy to to bear with those people who cause us pain. They're individuals that they take pride and they take joy about harming others emotionally and physically. It seems that the lack of love that they have in their own heart gives them that chance and that opportunity to make others suffer the way they have. I remember I had a teacher when I was in fifth grade. And every time he would sit down with his feet on the pool on, on on his desk, he would take the attendance, but he wouldn't call us by our names. He would start saying, You who has a big head, you who's always late, you who's always gossiping. And that was the name he would call a lot of the students. I still have his face in my head. And he would call each one of us a name, a nickname, and the rest of the kids would laugh. And you could only raise your hand saying, I am here. But you were afraid to go to his class. You knew that the type of nickname he would put on you that day would last you the whole year. Now from there on, everybody would know you by that, by that name. Everybody would call you by that name maybe you still have a nickname in your in your face maybe you still have a nickname in your in your uh, memory a nickname that you probably would call someone or or the nickname that you received when you were a little they used to call me the shorty one and that was my dad called me shorty my dad would call me shorty because they said I was never growing I I was always short and, and until I was probably 15 16 I started kind of stretching a little bit more but since I was little I was always the short one and, and, and to some point, we, we, we sort of understand that this is the way they call us, but to some extent, it starts causing us some, some sort of uh, stress, and, and, and in a way, it causes some harm in, in, in our uh, emotions, in our self-esteem. I'm not going to dwell much on this, but what I want to say today is that what kind of mother this individual had, Or what kind of trauma she went on. Or the condition that she had this baby. Or the way that everything was arranged. That by the time he was born, she called him the one that causes pain. That's going to be your name, Javis. It's not easy, is it? Many of us are not known by our real names. Many of us are known by our failures. Many of us are known by the mistakes we have made in life. The one that fails. The one that never makes it on time. The one that is not responsible. The one that lies a lot. The one that no one can count on. Many of us have those nicknames in our hearts. And it is not easy to live with them. To some extent, a lot of those nicknames come after a decision we took. They also come after a decision we didn't take. But to Javis, he was a baby. He was born. He wasn't even reasoning. He didn't have a chance to say anything, to defend himself before he could reason. Somebody had already placed a nickname on him, a tag of failure, saying, you cause pain. Therefore, wherever you go, whatever you do in life, no matter how far you get, wherever you go, you will be known as the one that causes pain when you were born. Could you picture of a better way to start your life? When we were ready to graduate, usually we take these surveys and some of the questions that come there are, who's, mo- most, who's the more, uh, most likely to succeed? Which one is the better couple that we have at school? Who's more likely to, to be an athlete or to be a professional or to go and beyond and, and do better than anybody else? And when you start thinking of people, you start putting people's names and you go oh this and this person they really seem like they got it they were so good in science they were always good in in the sports and they had all the friends so therefore they will succeed in life and then we see this stories about man this chick she was she was really really nice to everyone she was friends with everybody she was always a volunteer every single thing she we did at school and and obviously she's going to succeed and we could only go back and see the different stories and there is a common denominator in every story the path they took will take them to one specific place in life the Bible when it opens up about this story although it only has two verses It tells us a very different dynamic of what happened with Javis. Although he was condemned at birth because his name was the one who causes pain. Verse 10 says, And Javis called on God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me Indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, and that may, and that, that may I not cause pain. So God grant him what he requested. The book of the Javis, Javis Prayer has sold over 10 million copies. A lot of people have read this about this individual, Only two verses and someone already printed 10 million copies of it. It must be powerful. It must have some really good insights and tools that we could use today. I have four things that I want to share with you today about this prayer. There are four things that I would like to to share with you so you can also use them and share them with others. Number one, when Javis approaches The need that he has, he goes to the source that is the only one that can help him solve the need and the condition that he is on. And this is important. Because in life, we often go to the individuals who we think they're going to help us. Who we think they're going to solve our need. Who we think they have the solution. But the Bible says, Javis called on the God of Israel. He called unto God, and the reason why he called unto God is because he knew his own condition. When you understand the condition that you're own, you definitely know then where to go to. We won't know where to go to unless we understand where we're standing on today. And Javis knew that his life was marked by failure. Javis knew that no matter how good he could try to be, wherever he would go, he would cause pain because that was the mark he had at the beginning. So in order for him to change that story, in order for him to change that outcome, the Bible says that he called on the God of Israel. The only one that can change our name, our future, our history, is God himself. the Bible is full of individuals who God changed their names because they were able to recognize God as their own God. And the Bible says that Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Now, this sounds a little bit selfish, maybe. It sounds like what we understood from prayer was to pray for others first. At some point, we understood that when we pray for others, somehow we're also getting a blessing. And don't get me wrong, this is true. But in order for you to pray for someone else, you need to pray for yourself first. Remember, there's a saying, we cannot give what we cannot what we don't what we don't have in our in our hearts we cannot share a blessing if we don't have that blessing of of our own first and a number of times we want to to go and help others but before we can do that we need to make sure we are getting helped first by the Lord the Bible says that the first thing Javis did was to ask the Lord's blessing. Today, as you make decisions in your life, and as you move forward, the first recommendation I have for you is call on the Lord. There's no better place to go to than the Lord Himself. And when you do that, make sure you ask for a blessing in your life. Lord, that you would bless me. And this is not just your regular prayer, you know. This is a prayer that comes from a heart knowing that there is no hope out there for you. There is no better chance for you to make it. You have emptied all your resources. You have gone through the different conditions and you have tried your best, and yet you're still failing. Well, when that moment comes, it's when you are ready to say, Lord, bless me. I need your blessing in my life. I cannot keep on going another day unless I know that you're with me. Unless I know that you're blessing me. Oh, how much do we need the Lord's blessing today? How much do we need to be visited by the Lord? How much do we need the God's blessing in our hearts? Today, before I stood before you preaching, I was in my room. And the prayer that I had was, Lord, bless me so I can bless your church. So you can use me as a blessing. The Lord has to fill up our cups in order for us to share that water of life with others. But unless we drink from that water ourselves, we're only gonna be passing it, but we won't know what we're talking about, what it tastes like, the flavor of it, and the blessing of it. Javis understood this, and his first question and his his first request was Oh Lord that you would bless me. Times are hard. Maybe you're going to another city to study. Maybe maybe you're going to move out of town. Maybe you're going to have to go to a different country. Oh, how much you and me needs God's blessing today. How much your kids, your children, your loved ones needs the Lord's blessing. Now, Come with me and let's see what else he says. Now listen to what what he says in his second part of the prayer. And enlarge my territory. Javis knew that in order for him to grow, in order for him to keep on going, in order for him to, to, to succeed... Number one, he needed to call on the one who could help him, and that was God Himself. Number two, He was needing to be blessed. In order for me to go bless others, I need to bless myself first. And number three, He said, Please enlarge my territory, enlarge my vision. Let me see what you see. We often have a limited vision. According to our resources and our talents. But when we ask for God's blessing, we're also meant to ask for his vision. Because in the prayer, Javis says, Please enlarge my territory. Let me see way above the place where I am right now. Allow me to see a little farther. This is probably why verse 9 starts saying, Now Javis was more honorable than his brothers. And it wasn't because he was the brightest. It wasn't because he was in a higher position. It wasn't because he had money or he had the resources. It was because he knew where to call on to where he had a travel. It was because he knew that in order for him to grow, he was needing to ask for God's vision to be enlarged in his own sights. What is it that you're doing today that you need God to enlarge your territory? What are the needs that you have today where you need the Lord to enlarge your territory? This is the prayer that we've been asking and that we've been saying to the Lord every time we have a board meeting. Every time we have the evangelistic committee, enlarge our territory, allow us to see with your vision, we want to open small groups, but maybe our thought is so small, so limited, thinking that maybe we will have three or four people coming together in one small group, but the large vision could be that this whole city is filled with small groups. Maybe our vision says, let's come back to church. Because this is where we greet each other. This is where we meet. Maybe our vision says, let's come back to this temple. But when we open our eyes and when we ask God to enlarge our territory, He will say, not only come back to this temple, but go out to the city. Because that's where I need you to be a blessing to others. You see the importance to us for God's vision in our life? Maybe you've been asking for the Lord to give you a chance to say hi to someone and to open a Bible study. I want you today to ask for the Lord to open your vision and your territory. Sister White says that just as we know that there is a place in heaven being prepared for you and for me, on those beautiful mentions that God went to prepare ahead of us. Just as we know that there is a place for us up there, there is also a place for us here to work in His field. Every one of us is necessary. God has a place and a mission for you. God has a place and a territory assigned to each one of us. This is the moment where we should be asking the Lord, Lord, tell me where is my territory? How can I expand myself? How can I serve more? How can I help others? What ways can our church be relevant to this community? His prayer keeps on going. And it says, number four, that your hand... Would be with me. What does it mean when we ask God's hands to be with us? The Bible says that your hand will be with me, that you would keep me from evil. You see, Javis understood that everywhere where he would go, there was a chance for him to cause pain. He understood that the only safe path in life was to walk with God next to him. He understood that he couldn't take on the mission unless God was with him in every step of the way. How often do we have the need or the occurrence or or the idea to move forward without God next to us? How often, how often do we rush onto things? Not understanding that the only way we can be successful in life is if we let God be the one who takes the decisions for us. that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. Times are hard. I have said this a number of times, but every week we see something different. Every day we understand something else. And what we're hearing, it doesn't sound hopeful Would it be important for us today to ask for God's hand to be with us? The Israelites understood this. You remember the story when when Moses is coming out of Egypt, right before they go into Jericho? the people in their town kept saying, these people have God among them. They were afraid, knowing that the Lord mighty himself was with his people. The whole territory knew that the one who was guiding the Israelites was not Moses or Joshua. It was God himself. When our neighbors get to see that in our lives, is God's hand. The one who is guiding us, they'll see that there is a blessing asking for God's companionship. Right before moving into this town, we had a number of decisions to take leave our jobs, give our two weeks' notice, give our monthly notice, our, our month notice to our renter. Letting them know that we were moving out of town. Get everything ready, find a place to leave. We came a couple of times and it was getting to the point that we just couldn't find a home. It was hard to rent. You you might be aware of this condition here in town. It's not easy to find a place. I came during one time and I came to look for a place. My brother-in-law was with me. And he heard about what we were going through during this process of moving. He was able to see some of the miracles God performed in our lives. He was able to see how everything lined up according to God's will. He could see the agenda that God had in store for us. And, And it's interesting because at some point we might not get to see it, but other people are watching us. We we might not get to to understand it sometimes because we're so busy living. We're so busy moving. We're so busy rushing to one place to another. But other people are observing what you're going through. Other people are seeing the different things that you're facing every single day. And when they do that, they get to say the words that he said. I know the Lord is with you because I have seen the way God has kept guiding you guys. I have seen the way that God is moving every single piece for you guys to be in Williams Lake. And it wasn't easy. But when the Lord has a plan for you, people can see His hand working among you. Where you are today is not a consequence just of every decision you have taken. But it's a consequence of God being with you all these years. You are a blessed man. Your family is a blessing. And it's not because you're good. It's not because we are good. It's because God's hand has been with us every step of the way. He is faithful. And Javis knew this. And he said that you would keep me from evil. That you would guide me with your hand. How important is for you, for me today to ask. God, guide us according to your will. And the last part of that verse it says, that I may cause no pain. Even when Jabez was blessed, even when he asked for his territory to be enlarged. Even when he said that his vision wanted to be enlarged, to have a better understanding of the times, to have a better understanding of the decisions he needed to take, of the office he needed to run, of the business he was developing. Even when he said, please enlarge my business, enlarge my territory, enlarge my influence, let me be a blessing to others. Help me so I may be safe with your hand be guiding me. He did not forget where he was coming from. And he said that I may cause no pain. He understood that if he was by his own deeds, he was meant to cause pain. Even his mother knew that. And it was she the one who called him like that. He understood that even when his territory was enlarged, that even when he was a blessed man, that when he was a blessing to others, he understood that if God was not with him at some point in life, he could cause pain again. And he said that I may not cause pain How important it is for us to remember where we come from. There is this constant challenge that keeps us thinking that at some point we are so great of a people. We're so good that we cannot sin anymore or that what we do is just good. looking into our own deeds, working with our own, own self-righteousness. Javis understood that it was only God that could help him not to harm anyone. The Bible is clear when he tells us the secrets of a powerful life. A powerful Christian life. If I could sum this up in few words, if I could put this in, in one sentence, if I could push if I could put Javis prayer into one line, I could say dependence on God. Understanding that it's only with dependence on Him we could be successful in our lives. Verse 10, it says, So God granted him what he requested. Oh, what a beautiful Lord we have. What a beautiful Savior we have. That he does not look at us the way we are, but he looks into us what we're going to become as soon as we get into his hands. There are a number of choices you have in front of you. And there are decisions that you're going to be taking from now on. Whether it's a career, whether it's a marriage, whether it's kids and life, whether it's parents, whether it's a job, a position that you need to take. I want you to know that in order for you to be successful where you're going, you need to be dependent on God. Your dependence on God will tell us and will be known who are you following. The story of Javis tells us five different actions. First of all, he called unto God, the God of Israel. Number two, He asked the Lord to bless him indeed. Three, to enlarge his territory. Four, his hand to be with him. And number five, that he would cause no pain. I want to to tell you today, this could be our prayer too. I was also, and I could also relate myself to Javis. When I look into my life and I see the many failures I've made, it's interesting that every time I fail, I don't hurt myself only. I tend to hurt the ones that I love the most. I can see in my life that the moments that I've done wrong and that I make the wrong decisions, They don't only come to me, but they come to the ones that I love the most. The Bible tells us in order for us to be successful, we should look into a prayer like this. And it's not because of the formula itself, it's not because he said it as he was standing or as he was laying on the floor or he was kneeling down or he was way up early in the morning or he was way too late at night. It's not that. Number 1 is that he was praying and number 2 is that he was depending on God for to him to so he could be blessed on that. So today as you move forward in your life as you move forward with the plans and the projects that you have please remember that God wants to be with you. There is a God in our how at our uh, near near with us who's willing to be with us who's willing to touch us who's willing to help us and today he wants to listen to you he wants to listen to your needs pray to him ask him for your blessing for his blessing ask him for your family members Today, we can understand that it's not about long prayers. It's not about a specific method of praying. It's not about the number of words we use or the number of times we repeat some words. Today, we understand that it's about two things. Number one, prayer itself. How often do we leave prayer alone? And number two, dependence on God. May you have have this dependency on Him as you move forward in your life and as you take decisions today that you could also be known as the one who God granted your request. Let's bow our heads and pray today. Dear Heavenly Father, today we come to you with a very big need. We want to ask you to please bless us Oh, that we would have your blessing in our lives, in our families. It is good to have joy. It is good to have peace. It is good to have love. And this is the very need that we have today, that you bless us, Lord. We also ask you, Lord, to please Enlarge our territory. Give us a vision with the type of lenses that you use so we may see according to your will and not ours. We also ask you, Lord, to be before us and to help us understand that the only way we can be a blessing to others and not a harm is if you guide us. Bless your church today as we continue to press on, as we continue to move forward, that we may be a blessing in this town and that these people will see that there is a God among our church because we are calling on the true God. We ask you, Lord, to please bless our community Our leaders in town, our church members, our small groups. Give us your passion and your vision, Lord. We put our young ones in your hands as they move forward with education. May you give them the vision that they require. And in every decision they take, may they follow your lead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, church, for being with us once again. Thank you for being uh, connected. We will keep you up to date of what's happening this coming week. Keep watching our videos. Share with others what you have known and what you have seen today. May the Lord bless you. Have a great Sabbath. Hope to see you soon. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you